really want to get back into hospitality. Oh, right. Gotcha. Like that was, that was, I was like, I don't know. But again, this is a huge opportunity, right? To be part of something that North Dakota has not seen, let alone Grand Forks. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome back to the Mac podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship, business, real estate, anything that really challenges the conventional thinking and thoughts of others. Uh, The theme here is on follow the herd. And today I have a guest that literally does uh, some development, hospitality ownership, uh, he's including restaurants and boutique hotels. Uh, hospitality is a challenging area, so I'm super interested to get his take on this. Um, he's also a North Dakota House of Representatives in District 17, which is my hometown of Grand Forks, North Dakota, uh, and Grand Forks County. So, guys, I'm excited to learn from this entrepreneur. Uh, he's got a long history of different businesses. We can learn a lot from Mr. Landon Bale. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see. Right. <laughs> now, beef it up I'm enough? I'm still learning. Well, yeah. dude, welcome. I, uh, and... Uh, Katie was able to connect us and uh, I'm glad I, I, I'm always interested about the space and I know you're learning yeah. as well but um, you know what do you what do you got going on right now what what consumes your your daily activities what, where you at yeah and I think you worded that question perfectly what consumes you right there's a lot of things that take up anyone's time entrepreneurs time especially but I think what's consuming me a hundred percent is right now. 322 Hospitality Group. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, like you said, great intro. I appreciate it. And uh, it's hospitality. It is, uh, hospitality in general is like 24-7, 365. It yeah. doesn't shut off, right? Yeah. So that yeah. is consuming. I failed life. at property management. So I... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, true. I can back you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, you know, what is, what is 322 Hospitality Group? What, why was it formed? What, what do you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So 322HG, or I, sometimes Hospitality Group gets so long. So 322HG okay. is really, um, we're a really small company. Um, we just technically formed like a couple of years ago. But what we did is we ended up rolling in some entities underneath this umbrella, um, like the parent company that are not new. For example, Sky's 322 Restaurant yeah. has been around, well, formerly Sanders, right? So that's been around for decades, right? So that's not necessarily a new entity. Uh, or another one would be the Opal Event Center, uh, which came online just before COVID yeah. hit. Um, another one being Cloud9 Events. Um, however, at the end of the day, the majority of our entities are fairly fairly young and young and spry, right? So it's a, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, but underneath that, we're adding some franchises, which will open this year. Um, and then we'll have a kind of a development plan for future franchises that we have locations for. And, uh, but I, I really think what is consuming my time within 322 HG is our, uh, our hotel that we have, uh, it's under construction right now. Yep. Slated for December one opening. December one, yeah, that yeah. dude, that thing's exciting. So what, what is, what is consisting of all of that? What, what, is, what's all yeah. in there? Yeah, so the all of that, I think a lot of people ask me, like, tell me about the name. So I have to give the okay, story okay, let's of do the it. Name. So um, all of that, obviously from Grand Forks, uh, went to UND. You know, like aviation is aviation is Grand Forks. Grand Forks is aviation, right? Yeah, uh, it goes both ways. And so Olivan, our hotel is named the Olivan Hotel, named after Olivan Beach. 
So if you're at all into aviation or even just know of anything, you may have heard of Beechcraft Aviation, uh, a really awesome company that manufactures planes and wow. really one-of-a-kind planes, like um, hand-riveted, things of that nature. So like wow. uh, they have a gorgeous factory down in uh, Wichita, Kansas. So Allvan is um, the husband of, excuse me, the wife of, I forget his name, who started Beechcraft, right? Okay. And so he passed away, and all of Ann stepped in to run the company. Uh, don't quote me on this, but it was like something like double and tripled the revenue and made it into a what it is today, which is now Textron Aviation, which consists of Cessna, Citation, and Beechcraft, um, wow. all under the Textron Aviation umbrella. So we thought it'd be so cool to, first of all, name it after something aviation related. Yeah. And then second of all, do a, a female aviator too, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Opal Coons, our Opal Event Center is named after a female aviator too. Wow. I think we're going to pause on the female aviators for now, but I think the all of Ann story is just super cool. Yeah. Um, and so she took it over from her husband yeah. and tripled it. Yep. And exactly. And so what's crazy yes. is, you know, when I give tours of the hotel, I, I share this story and like, she was like, she had never ran, I, I forget her business experience, but she was never heavily involved, if I remember correctly. So she was the one running this company, doing all of this, and she wore these pantsuits. She had fresh flowers on her table, her desk every every day, you know, like very prim and proper. Wow. And so that's kind of what we hope to exude, uh, hope the hotel exudes, is that. Wow. And so when you walk in, it's not going to, it's going to have you know, not really a masculine feel because obviously it's, you know, a woman aviator. So it's going to be kind of lighter colors, but very like luxurious. Wow. So yeah, her story is just cool. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. And, yeah. and she knows about this. So Olivan has, uh, <laughs> she probably does know about it. Right. But you know, she passed away, okay. uh, back in early nineties, I think. Okay. Okay. So but this is a while ago. It is. But what's really cool is the Beechcraft. um, they love this. So we actually went okay. down, met with senior level execs, and they are super excited about this. Oh, okay. They actually, I can say this now, since if we were going to open in October, we most likely would have had, would have had two aircraft shut down 4th Street, had a King Air and a, an um, Olivan Bonanza special plane there. Yeah. Because they, they are all in on this. They think it's the coolest thing cool. ever. And um, they'll come up for our grand opening, I think, things of that nature. Yeah. And we may even get, I believe, some of her grandkids here, potentially, because they were sharing this sure. with them, which is just super cool. You oh, know? yeah. Um, anyway, so that's a that's the uh, story behind the name. It's, okay. just, it's a cool... That is I awesome. I have to share it. It's unique. Especially yeah. With I, being, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, uh, Aviation City. That's cool. Oh. What, uh, so the hospitality group, This is your that's your four, first management project that is under the wing of 322? You know, technically, um, not, well, I, I should rewind a little bit. So uh, under 322, we have the restaurant, we have the two event centers, and we have the hotel, and then we have Sweetwater's uh, Coffee and Tea, which is a franchise based out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And then we also have Crisp and Green, which is based out of Wyzetta, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and then the hotel. So um, I, I wouldn't say first project, okay. but um, our biggest project for sure. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, so how, how did you get into, you know, I know you're a couple years into this, but yeah. how, you know, 
what leads up to the hospitality area, I guess? What, you know, tell me a little bit about your story. Where'd you start? Yeah. Well, how'd you, how'd you get to this? That's a, it's a, it's interesting in that, like, if you, when I was going to college, I was like, you know, of course, a lot of people work restaurant jobs. They work the fast casual industry, right? Because at the end of the day, that's the most reliable job. They're always out there. They're always available and, and you know, good hours, right? right? Especially during school. And so I worked in restaurants since I was 13. My uh, my grandpa was a uh, restaurant, you know, entrepreneur. He started okay. Speedway way back in the day, which is interesting. Oh. And, at his local uh, favorite, yeah, yeah. It, especially, I think Grand Forks is the only one remaining. But in his uh, heyday, he had uh, roughly a dozen uh, restaurants, and okay. majority of them speedways. But anyway, so I kind of uh, grew up knowing the restaurant industry um, at a earlier age, and then working in it. And I was like, never am I gonna like work in the restaurant industry, uh-huh. right? Slash hospitality. It's just like I, I don't want to do that. So yeah. um, went to college. And I don't know how, I could go many different directions, but I'm just going to quickly go how I got to 322 Hospitality Group. You take it, take it wherever. Tell us the story. <laughs> how did, how did we form land in here? Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, you guys don't want to know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, well, let's, let's backtrack. So during high school and college, yeah. I always had my own businesses, but at the same time, uh, those businesses, I needed money to create those little businesses, right? Whether it's a lawn fertilizing company or a concession, brand new concession trailer, uh, event or food truck vendor, essentially, right? Yeah. Is what I was in high school. And so I needed money to get those side hustles going, right? And so I always worked at the restaurants and, um, and then went to UND and um, loved entertainment and mm. music entertainment. So that's hmm. when I was like, you know what? I think that's what I want to do. And so I thoroughly enjoyed the venue world. I had a minor in sport business. So I worked at hockey games. I worked at the Ralph. I worked music festivals, award shows, everything wow. while I was in college. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move to Nashville and, and do this music thing and give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, so my senior year, I got an internship with country music television, CMT, and uh I was the only one outside of like the Tennessee area to like, cause they just get all these Belmont grads I, and these music city sure. grads. Right. And, uh, anyway, this guy, uh, kind of went out on a limb and gave this North Dakota kid, this internship. So loved it. It was a blast. Loved the industry. It was an internship, you know, great internship. So, uh, graduated and moved back to Nashville actually, and started working for, company called Creative Artists Agency, also known as CAA. It's the largest agency in the world for comedians, sports, um, artists, uh, you name it. Oh, wow. Um, And hated my life. I had a degree and was making $14 an hour. Oh, gosh. And uh, and I had great benefits, but $14 an hour. And at the same time, I had these businesses back home, right? Oh, and uh, you're operating them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. my PTO, I calculated my PTO like down to the hour, right? Like, Holy. you know, and so, um, and I was just like, gosh, this sucks. I hated my life. I was like, I didn't hate my life. It just was not enjoyable. Yeah. I enjoyed being in Nashville. I enjoyed the industry, but my job, I was like, I'm never going to be an agent. That's not the work-life balance I want. That's nothing. And so I uh, moved back home actually and a mentor of mine, uh, he goes, Landon, uh, he's from Minot, North Dakota originally, actually, oh. and uh, 
Chris Samurai was his name. He goes, Landon, like, I have a possible job opening. And he was a, uh, or still is the GM of the Oklahoma City Thunder NBA oh. venue down in OKC. Cool. So I was like, okay, I could go to this venue. They have a uh, a professional tenant there, which is pretty sweet. I was like, all right, but OKC, like, I've never been to Oklahoma. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm kind of the guy that always takes, I take, if an opportunity comes by, I will take it. Um, because you're never going to wish that you didn't take that opportunity right at the yeah. end of the day. So I took it and was there for just shy of uh, two years, roughly. And I was the booking manager there, which was a blast. So I was, uh, I was booking all the, you know, helping book all the talent. It was a small team, team of three of us doing that. And again, at the same time, I had these businesses and I was just like, I eventually saw this glass ceiling. It was like, okay, I'm going to become a, a GM of a venue, but then what do I do from there? Like I'm beholden to, for example, in OKC, it was um, owned by the city, right? So you're beholden to the mayor and what they want. You know, they are your boss. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I don't know where I see this going. So I, uh, that was March. My last day was March 16th of 2020, 2021, right? Right when the pandemic oh, started. What's crazy is we were playing Utah in basketball. And that is the first professional game that got canceled because of uh, COVID. It was wow. on national headlines. And I was like... You weren't there well, anyway? No, I wasn't at the game. So I'm like, well, I'm out of here, you know? And so it was, I text my boss. I was like, what is going on? He goes, I don't know. And that was, and then it was just domino effect from there. Wow. And there was COVID, right? And so anyway, went back home, uh, got a job, uh, moved to Grand Forks. Uh, I was like, you know what? I loved Grand Forks. I love my time here. Um, I really enjoyed the city. I'm close to Minot, fr- uh, family there, yep. I'm close to Minneapolis. A lot of my uh, okay. good buddies are in Minneapolis area. So I was like, it's you know a happy median for me. So um, so I moved back here, got a job, and uh, eventually I, I people were urge, ur- urging me to do run for politics. Right. So okay. I was like, I was like, do I really want to do that? Like that's a lot to. And I recall uh, talking to someone. They're like you're really going to get into that shit show. And this is coming from a, a politician himself. <laughs> yeah. And I, I go, well, well, t- is it that bad? He goes, nah, nah. It's, I'm like, well, obviously it's not <laughs> awesome. If you just, if that's how you started the conversation, right. right? You know, cause I was asking for his support and any, uh, anyway. Um, so I was actually, uh, had to step away from my job, uh, because of, certain things there's just conflict of interest yeah and uh with the uh entity that i was working for here in town and so i was like all right i really don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna run for district 17 and that doesn't give you a livable wage right oh sure Um, yeah for sure not yeah and so uh, a mentor of mine who i had known for not quite 10 years at that point, I met him while I was in college, Phil Giese, and uh, I sat on the Edgewood Reed board for two years, and okay. so he just became a great mentor of mine through the years, and he goes, Landon, um, I was actually down in Florida for a UND event. I was working for the UND Alumni Association Foundation, yeah. Okay, and uh, we go out on his boat down there, and he goes, I think I have the, I think I have the perfect job for you. He knew that I was, you know, having needing to step down and whatnot. I go, what's that? He goes, well, we're building this hotel. And he goes, I want you to be part of it. And I was like, for a moment, I was like, that's when I was like, okay, do I, do I really want to 
get back into hospitality. Oh, right. Gotcha. Like that was, that was, I was like, I don't know. But again, this is a huge opportunity, right. To be part of something that North Dakota has not seen, let alone Grand Forks. Oh yeah. So that's how it started. And then, um, eventually we rolled, uh, we rolled skies into this hospitality group. Sure. We rolled cloud nine, well, cloud nine into it. Um, the Opal event center, and then I brought the Crispin Green franchises to um, 322HG. And then uh, I also sought out the coffee franchises, went through a bunch of due diligence on who we want, you know, and, and who would even say yes, yeah. right? So we added those. And then obviously the big part was the hotel. Yeah. And that's where we are now. And now it's just like there's no looking back. I'm, I think uh, we have an amazing team um, and we're just like, I truly think that we can build a phenomenal company off of primarily boutique hotels. Yeah. Um, people are looking for that experience. Uh, they're wanting, they're sick of the, the flagships, right? The flagged hotels, your, your typical Hilton, Marriott, yeah. whatever. Cause after COVID really showed people that they, they need to experience more. And, and I think that's why boutique hotels are thriving in so many cities. And, uh, it's long story long, Mark. Sorry. No, no, dude. I <laughs> thought it was good. Well, I liked how you ran through. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start back at the beginning and, and kind of yeah. unpack this a little bit. Uh, you know, you 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 started in the ra- restaurant business and yeah. you're you're ending up there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think not enough people learn about hospitality. Uh, I think starting in the restaurant business teaches you a lot. I was in I was Definitely. in the back. I was the hospitality yeah, of the dishwasher. Yeah. Um, so I was the, the not hospitality of anything yeah, yeah. more or less just grinding <laughs> through. And I was a concrete worker after yeah. that. So it makes sense. Uh, um, but I think they're, you know, I think almost everyone should learn from working at a restaurant. You learn how service you've learned, you know, yeah. how to, you're, you're an entertainer. You're, yeah. you're that person. And yeah, I'm sure you're you building good, that experience, right? Yeah. Right. For them. And, and at the end of the experience, whatever it is, whether it's a fast casual restaurant, uh, uh, you know, a Burger King or like a fine dining establishment, like their perception is at the end of the day, like, yeah, if the food, even if the food tastes bad, yep. but they have a killer marks, a killer server, yep. like they're going to be like, well, it wasn't that bad. So it's experience is everything. Yeah. And I think I probably beat a dead horse. And, and I also agree with you. I think everyone should work in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. especially a restaurant because you learn to deal with so many different personalities. And obviously in the hospitality industry, at the end of the day, the guest is 99.9% always right, you know, no matter what, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, you know, they're the boss, right? And so I agree with you. It teaches, it teaches to people to think on their feet. It teaches them to deal with, like I said, the personalities to, I just think that's, um, that's so crucial. Yeah. Uh, for any, it doesn't matter what you do. And I may be biased because I worked as a server and things of that nature, but I, I truly think I'm not the only one and you're not the only one. There's yep. gazillions out there that say that. It right. is so true. Yeah. I Well, I think that you can do well. I mean, some of these guys, I, I mean, in the young age, I think everyone should be a server. You mm-hmm. can make more money than just getting an hourly job. Like you, your money is dictates how good your yeah. service is. Can I jump in on that? Yeah, thought? yeah, let's do so it. So what's funny is um, we had a, so I need to be careful how I word this. Well, this past weekend, some of our employees made $55 an hour, $55 yeah. an hour. And right. we are ta- talking 
servers and bartenders. Mm-hmm. That, if you, I mean, if you do the math, that's six figures. Like you can make a very livable wage. And what's funny is I was at a boutique uh, investment conference in New York in May. And uh, all the restaurants I go to, all the fine dining ones, it's not someone our age serving people. This guy is like a six-year-old guy serving. Yeah. Like serving is his, that's his life. Yeah. That's his career. Right. So it's so interesting to to talk about the the wages and what you can make not only is it killer if you're in college or high school, yeah. but like truly like you can make a very good wage. Oh, I, some of these guys in Vegas, when we, we oh, run yeah. down there for conferences yeah, all the time, it's yep. like, we were asking this guy, I think it was a strip steak joint or whatever. And, uh, you made like three or 350,000 yeah. a year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, you do this full time. I just ask questions. Of course, we're having Definitely, old fashions yeah. or whatever yeah. and, and, uh, ask good questions. And, uh, yeah, the guy makes yeah. a killing. He's like, I love my job. I work from four to midnight and, you know, obviously you got to get used to that and the hospitality you're, you're, you make money when people are off. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So you have to accept that. Um, but hospitality is nights and weekends. Yeah. And if you're fine with that, beautiful. Right. I think he worked like, like two weeks of the month or something. And then, and then he had two weeks off. Isn't that, that's mind boggling to me. Yeah. But that's the industry and places like that especially yeah and i think on the young age side of things like you learn how to you know people are angry uh, upset like you learn how to deal with those situations and how to make them happy it makes you feel good as a person but it's also a skill you're learning i don't care what you're going to be you could be an accountant at the city of grand forks you're in the hospitality business you probably know how to interact with people much better so different personalities i and that's why i was just talking to um some kids that are in uh college right now and I go, these group projects suck, right? Like <laughs> yeah, they suck. Right. But at the end of the day, they're there for a reason because again, you have to interact with so many different personalities. You oh, have yeah. to, and that's hundred percent just like the hospitality industry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you, and uh, well, the, another thing you mentioned was taking risks. So you went to Oklahoma um, yeah. to work with the basketball team that you had no yeah. idea. So what, uh, what, what you, what do you think inside of you, what makes you step into those risks? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, is it fear of missing out or like m- what happens if it is the opportunity or what's going through yeah, your mind definitely. when you accepted that? Yep. I, um, oftentimes I think about what if, okay. like, what if I didn't do that? Or what if I did do that? What if I do do that? You know? Um, but at the end of the day, I, Risk does not bother me. It doesn't bother me. For example, I, you know, took out a, this is very small, but I took out a, you know, $50,000 loan when I was a sophomore in high school and lost my butt on this brand new concession trailer and this vending. And so I had this huge loan coming into college. I didn't have a car. I didn't have, and, but at the end of the day, like I wasn't salty about it. (laughs) I was just like, yeah, I learned tremendous amounts a lot of different topics, you know, and, um, but yet I, I think for me, it's just like, kind of like, I don't want to say fear of missing out, but like fear of like, what would have happened? What would that have opened up? What door would, you know, that's why I just, I oftentimes dive headfirst, you know, and, and don't look back. And I think, you know, I talked to a lot of my good friends and, and they, uh, they have all these great ideas, <laughs> right? right? Everyone's yeah. got ideas. Entrepreneurs. You yes. know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, they never, they never do it. 
And so it's interesting. I think, uh, obviously you're a serial entrepreneur. Like I think some people just are able to think less about that risk. Yeah. And, and it's like, and I'm young, so do I have debt? Tremendous debt. Right. But like, um, but at the end of the day, like I wouldn't be where I am if I did not take those risks, did not, you know, take on that debt. Um, I truly think at the end of the whatever period, like it will pay off and like, you know, the fruits of the labor will, will come to fruition and, and it's already happening. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so I just, I think it's fear of the, you know, that opportunity that could, that could come out of, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, well, let's just say like there's someone listening to this and they want to open, you know, they could be 30 and worked in a restaurant their whole life and they want to open their own food truck, but that borrowing that 50 grand is like the only thing that's always held them back. Yeah. Uh, you did it as a sophomore in high school. Yeah. What did you learn? What, you know, would you ever regret it? Obviously it failed. Yeah. Miserably. But do you, but do you regret yeah. it? You know, it's like. And, and that's the thing. Like, no, I look back at the experiences. Uh, I look back at, having my brother come and help me in Sturgis, South Dakota at the Sturgis bike rally after he came off of a wee fest, just bender. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and, uh, I like, those are the memories that like, I was like, yeah, it sucked. But at the end of the day, like I learned a tremendous amount. I learned about food quality, food taste, um, inventory yeah. dealing with, that was the, I think I spent 1200 on health fees. Like I, I just, that was the first time I learned about all these fees and things. And especially in the restaurant world, the health code, like it, it's just all of that. So no, I, uh, I look back at that and I don't for one moment think that I made the wrong decision or regret that. Okay. At the end of the day, like that is, you know, it's so far in my past, it, you know, it's fine. And to someone thinking about doing it, well, first of all, yeah, <laughs> if I'm being completely <laughs> honest, I would caution everyone going into the restaurant industry, right? Yeah. What oh, is yeah. it? What is the statistic? I think 50% or more restaurants fail within the first uh, so like two or five, three years. I know that construction is actually worse than the restaurants because really? I've looked at the statistic. Really? Yes. So when you say construction, construction companies no opening, way. yeah, are actually worse than the restaurant industry. And it's, it's horrible. Like after 10 years, it's like, is it just because they don't have the skill? There's like 6%. Um, I or think what? it's just the, you the know, management. I think the, people can go into a construction company and get one job and then everything else is blue skies. Yeah. And in the restaurant industry, you can be passionate about the restaurant industry and then realize the business side really sucks. And yeah. then yeah. they fail too. Absolutely. I, I don't know. You know, if you, if, if one person has a bad experience at your restaurant, oh. how long do they remember that? What's exactly. that statistic? Yep. And how bad does that Facebook or Google review hurt you? You know, like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, you can be ruined overnight or yeah. as people say, canceled overnight, right? <laughs> can, yeah. 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 I, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, but the, the survival rates of a construction company are worse, but it, they're both bad. Okay. They're both equally as bad and challenging. Okay. I, the challenging part, I have, uh, no doubt about that, yeah. um, just, I don't have any construction experience, but one of my previous businesses, like we would go to a job site. You never know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And I remember going to a job site and be like, ah, this will take 30 minutes. Well, five hours later, I'm still there. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, I'm now I'm losing money. But yeah. So back to the construction, I heard this, um, 
gosh, it was probably on an Instagram reel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, for every, don't quote me on this, for every like seven construction companies exiting because, you know, people are retiring, there's only two entering the market. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, there, th- there's no one going in the construction yeah. industry. And I, I don't know, if, is it like that for the restaurant industry? No, because everyone and their mom is opening up. A the food trucks, the everything, the coffee shops, right? Because okay. it's so easy. It's like <laughs> construction's very. It's getting more regulated. It's getting harder to find margin. Um, labor, you know, it, it, labor. Here, here's what I do like about my industry. Uh, there's, there's a lot of negatives and challenges to it, and, and it is a very challenging area. I would, I would tell no one to open a construction company. Yeah. Like I would tell any entrepreneur, just avoid that. Um, so here we are, two <laughs> entrepreneurs. Never open up a restaurant. Never do anything that yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we're doing. If you're gonna do it find a mentor yeah. right yeah, and yeah, and true. hold that and hold their hand through that yeah. two-year phase of it's going to be a lot of pain um yeah. but in construction say i i do a lot of concrete work like mm-hmm. seven years ago that's what i was i was kind of concrete business um but i can call you know south and try to get some southern help or you yeah. know some different guys out of yep. texas and they'll come up and help me for the season um in the hospitality business now i know there's foreigners, different people that you yep. can get up here, but you're, you're losing more and more people mm-hmm. from our, our type of area, the society that we live in. It's just like yeah. people aren't taught hospitality or 100%. I don't even have college kids working for me yeah. anymore. Really? I, I literally, if I have one, it's a help, but I talked to my other college kids that are work, you know, do work for me and are some football players. And they're like, dude, just most of those kids don't work. Okay, so on that, I uh, I help advise a fraternity on campus, and I'll look at these kids, and it'll be like, a lot of them don't have jobs. I'm like, who is paying? How are you able to go to Joe Black's every night, yeah. or you know, or Bonzers on Tuesdays, whatever? How who who's fronting all your bills? Like, wh- what do you mean you don't have a job? Like, you don't like you sit. I don't understand that. Yeah, I I don't. It's. Is it those Gen Zers, Katie? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. No, Katie's working. Katie's yeah, yeah. working. And I give my brother crap all the time too, uh, who's Katie's age. But, uh, you know, those people are working, but there's so many that aren't working. That's what I, I, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. It's like there's no, and this is a whole nother two-hour topic, oh, right? Oh, yeah. It's like there's no drive there. Yeah. Anyway. I was literally talking to our some of our guys last night, and they're like, yeah, he's like, just like Landon and I, after this podcast, uh, we don't have much to do. We go play rock band. <laughs> it's like, if that's all we had going on, but it's like, yeah, literally yeah. like, he's yeah. like, yeah, once college is done, they just yeah. like try to figure out what to do for exactly. the rest of the day. Yeah. It's yeah. like, my gosh. Yep. So it's interesting. <laughs> like I, you know, am able to mentor a lot of like college kids. And so when I get someone that I, I can see the feel like in them to just like do everything and, and they're just rocking at it. I'm like, I like latch onto them and I'm like, you like, they're a, they're a diamond in the rough these days. Yeah, they are. I, um, doing this podcast and things, I've got to meet some, some interesting people from the community that have drive to do things. Uh, I've met some people that don't want to do anything. And, uh, at the end of the day, the world needs that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's what allows you to do your thing. That's what a lot, I mean, not everyone has a podcast. I don't have a pot, you know, like that's what allows. Yeah. If everyone was <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you and I, I, I think know. we'd be in trouble, right? Yeah. Or we oh, wouldn't be having this conversation. Probably. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, so one other thing I wanted to unpack a little bit that I wrote down, I was like, um, explain to me how you were in business. You're an entrepreneur. 
you're basically fully business. And then you went to politics. Like that's almost the opposite end of the earth uh, as a business guy. Somewhat, yeah. right? Like uh, a controversial topic of politics, right? Definitely. So what's the challenges of the two? Um, yeah, I think, um, well, first off, I uh, obviously the first presidential debate was last night. I don't know if you watched it or not. I did, and it's interesting. There's there's really one, you know, well, there's a couple true businessmen that were on that platform last night. Yep. And it was interesting to hear them talk because you look on the stage and there's, it's not business people up there that are in politics, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it is career politicians. Um, and so I, um, I don't know. I felt like, I don't want to say I felt an urge to, I like to give back. And I thought this was a way, a unique way to kind of give back to get involved a, and then be like, give back to, um, first and foremost, our community mm-hmm. and then to the state, uh, but also I thought I will not um, hide behind. I thought it would be a great networking opportunity, right? Great for mm-hmm. business. And I think it has already. So I, uh, and I don't think that's selfish in saying that at the end of the day, like, I mean, everyone does things yeah. for a reason. Uh, that wasn't my number one reason, <laughs> obviously, but you know, it, it, I think it has helped business. Uh, but it's interesting when I sit in the state house there aren't many businessmen in there. And it's, uh, we were probably, I don't know, close, you know, we just obviously came out of session uh, end of end of April, early May sessions every, every odd year. And so we're almost completed with a session and I'm sitting in one of our committees and the guy goes, a fellow legislator goes like, he's a businessman through and through. Uh, right? okay. This is his first term. He goes, we're not making money here, Landon. And I'm like, that is a hundred percent true. Like my focus is not on my business. It is on all these issues, all the constituents, you know? And, and he goes, when you're in here, you're not thinking about money. And I'm like, that's a hundred. And you know, he goes, I've probably lost money, you know, being here. And so it's unique in that. I think we need more businessmen and women in politics. Mm. Um, I, I'm getting on a tangent here. I'll try and reel it back in. But I think, uh, politics needs to be more, for example, our state and local government yep. needs to be more open to people having these other jobs and not being the politicians, you know, mm-hmm. um, I farm in the summer so I can be, a, you know, be a legislator for 40 years. I don't think that's good for our state. And so it, it's interesting. I think, I think business and politics is good. Yep. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a negative there, but for me, I only saw, I, I primarily saw the pros of it. Right. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I can jump in. I think I can do this. I think I can navigate the waters. Yep. Um, I'll try and keep my, keep my name as clean as possible. Right. <laughs> Nowadays with social media, right. Again, you can one article and the oh, entire state gosh. reads it. And, yeah. and we all know how, you know, journalism is done these days. Um, even in small town North Dakota, right? Yeah. Like it's, it can be that way too. So you have to be very careful. Um, it'll be very interesting. Obviously I serve a four year term. And so come, you know, the end of that four year term, it'll be, I'll really have to sit down and, and evaluate it, you okay. know, and, and think about, um, 
well, first of all, what did I do for my community and state? And, you know, what did I potentially lose while doing that over <laughs> yeah, the four sure. years? Because it's a, <clears throat> it's a lot to uh, grasp and a lot to handle at times. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though. Yeah, I, uh, I I can only imagine. Um, I know a few people from Grand Forks that do it, and uh, yeah, yeah. it's very time. Yeah, uh, it's usually problem filled, or yeah. you know, usually the only thing that comes is a problem. Yeah. Well, you um, we were talking about personalities, right? Yeah, you get hundred plus people in this room. Like you're talking, you're a lot of different personalities, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, sometimes it can be East versus West. It can be Grand Forks versus Fargo. It can be Minot versus Bismarck. You know. How do you navigate those waters? Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's a beast. Everyone has their own bias, yeah, and and I'm sure from their district or exactly. their area and yeah. whatever, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that makes uh, that makes total sense. So what? Um, maybe let's talk let's talk Grand Forks a little bit, yeah. Um, since you know that's your district and yeah. and Grand Forks County, what you know what where's Grand Forks headed? What's what what's your aim? You you mentioned that. You know, over your four years, you're going to look and see what you helped or, mm-hmm. you know, I know the business side of what you're yeah, doing yourself, yeah. but what what's some of your goals or what, you know, what's your vision? Yeah. So um, I think, <clears throat> well, there's a couple different ways. Uh, are we talking, do we want to go um, just where I see Grand Forks just in general? I, we start let's, there? let's start general and then, yeah, yeah how absolutely. we expand on that. I think Grand Forks... Um, I will talk to so many people, whether they're my friends or just U and D people that I went to college with, and they'll give me so much crap. They'll give me crap for living in Grand Forks, Mm. like not getting out of that college town. And I will fire back at them like as fast before they can even finish their sentence, right? Because I'm like, I'm like, no, no. Like, first of all, I tell them, I'm like, I left and I did go live in two other states and the grass is not greener on the other side. I, I yeah, truly I like that think statement. that, right? Like it's, it's such a old school statement, but it's so, it's so true on so many different, for so many different things. And, and for people like, I don't want to live in Minneapolis. No, I hate the traffic. I like some of the communities. I hate their politics. I, uh, you know, I love their lakes, you know, yeah, like, yeah. so there's a lot of, there's some pros and cons, but at the end of the day, it's, I mean, if this is, I want to raise my family in North Dakota, right? So I, I just figured Grand Forks is the city, and I love, I love U and D. I love being involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love mentoring uh, these college guys that I, you know I, I host leadership retreats for our fraternity. Oh, cool. I love, I love that part of it, and I love being involved with my alma mater. Um, I could. I won't say that my high school, like I, I went to a private school. I need to be careful what I say. I, I don't, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. Yeah. Okay. All my friends, all my <clears throat> memories, they're all from college, you know? Yeah. And so this is, this is home for me. And so as I talk to people and they give me crap for living in Grand Forks, I'm like, no, like you just never, you were there as a college student, right? Everything sucked. Yeah. Most of the time, people were broke. You were working a part-time job that was probably not the most thrilling, yeah, right? Yeah. And you were studying all the time while trying to, you know, party all the time, right? Like, there's a as a student, you're juggling a lot, and and so I tell them, I'm like, I've been able to take myself out of that and really get involved um, with organizations or whatnot, and and truly make it a home. 
outside of like that college life. And so that's what I share with people. And at the end of the day, we have, yeah, we have brutal winters, right? They, they suck, but I love our spring. I love our fall and I love our summers. Yeah. Um, and I'm three hours away from the lake that I call home. Right. Yeah. Um, but Grand Forks on a, I also tell people I graduated in 2016, you go down, <clears throat> go on university. It's a, completely changed since 2016. Yeah. And I tell people, you guys would not even recognize this campus. We have a gorgeous campus yeah. and we have a community that embraces uh, UND. And this, we have jobs in this community mm-hmm. that are very well paying. You look at Grand Sky, what's happening in the UAS sector, you, you can get a job. Their average salary out there is like 120. Like yeah. that, it's, it's nuts. Right. And they're going to have over 900 people here in the next few years. You look at our manufacturing. We have some amazing manufacturers in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we have great housing here. You know, um, I don't want to say if it's affordable. It just depends, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that goes, that's right in line because we are, I don't want to say we're booming, but we are growing. Yeah. And Grand Forks is being put on the map for so many different things, and and truly, I th- I think the uh, the DOD um, everything with that and the UAS sector, I really, I truly think that will continue to be the driving force of Grand Forks. So I look at Grand Forks. We're expanding west. We're expanding north, slight, very ever you know slightly, yeah. but we're expanding south. Like yeah, I think we're. Are we a Fargo? No, but like we live in Grand Forks because we don't want to live in Fargo, yeah. right? Yeah, it's an hour away. We can always go there. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'm very bullish on Grand Forks, and I love it, and I'm I'm happy to call it home. And I think we're just at the, we're just at the the brink of you know some big stuff yeah. in the next few years for yeah. sure. No, that's good. That's a great way to put Grand Forks. Yeah, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Why people always ask the question, and then you have to answer. Uh, well, you know, I still view things in miles here, not minutes <laughs> exactly. and, uh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, I can get across town point. in 10 minutes and, yes, and yeah. that's why I live here, you know, yeah. and, and it's very stable. <laughs> I think your egg community, uh, yes. heavy, uh, when times are tough, like, you know, we're talking recessionary mm-hmm. in, the, in the economy, you know, the we're farmers, insulated. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's very stable here, and yep. uh, I think that's why people continue to develop in, in the Red River Valley and, and in this area, for yeah, sure. Definitely. So, um, uh, what? Well, let's see here. I was going to talk, uh, you know, you had a family is very important to you as, yeah. an, as an entrepreneur, yeah. and you're now into politics. You know, yeah. you, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you juggle some of this? What's, what's, some of your, what's some of the ways that you do that? Yeah, I think... Um, I think for me, family is, if you don't have someone that you call family, like, I don't know what you have, right? You have nothing yeah. in, in my opinion, yeah. right? You know, and at the end of the day, that's the foundation for everything, right? And so I, uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll head back to the lake on the weekends and spend it with uh, my my mom and my brother and whatever other brothers I have four. I'm one of five boys, so okay. four, four other brothers. <laughs> um, and so I'll spend it with whoever is there. And then I, I truly think uh, if you don't have a solid family life, I, I don't think you can be successful. I think it, let me take that back. I, you still can be, I think it makes it more difficult mm. if you don't have that foundation of family. Cause at the end of the day, 
they're your backbone. They're the only people that will technically always be there. You yeah. know, this is, you know, this is very cliche what I'm saying, but I don't care. It's, it's truly what it is. And, and, um, I've experienced some, you know, uh, family medical issues and unfortunately not myself, but other people in my fa- in my family. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, you can't take these people for granted. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and when you're so close to, you know, uh, heaven's doorsteps it's like ugh, you know like yeah. it's uh it's uh that's why family for me will always be and i think that's ultimately why i well, i think i said it earlier that's why i moved back right my family and friends were here and i hated i would buy a 700 hundred dollar ticket out of nashville to come back for um a birth my mom's birthday or something oh, like sure that, right you know like that that's and i was just like it's not worth being so far away sure you know it's uh one of my brothers puts it really well. He goes, you know, you look at like, um, look at like your parents, right? How old are they, right? Especially when you're, if you're not in the same city yeah, and you think about their longevity of their life, right? If they're going to live to 90 and they're 60 right now, if you see them on the major holidays and their birthdays, Mother's Day or Father's Day, and you add all that up, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm only going to see them X amount of times before they and this is like kind of you know dark but it's it's true like yeah. it's uh and it's like no i want to see them much more than yeah than than you know whether it's 50 times or whatever like that's that's not enough right so that's how i look at that i'm like you know life is so precious and um and i think building family foundation and, and keeping it strong is 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 the foundation for everything success yeah. business you name it yeah, I've seen that kind of that same comparison with like your. I don't know if you have any kids, but no, I don't. Yeah, uh, you know, you spend the most time with them, of course, when they're yeah. young, and then the chart kind of goes, it just trickles down, it and goes then both they ways, hit college, yeah. and it's like they're gone. You know what I mean? Like then you'll see them whatever amount of times they yeah. come visit you. Yeah. Um, how do you, um, you know, how do you keep strong ties to your family? Like you got. You said four brothers, four brothers, yeah, four brothers. And then your parent, how do you, what do you guys do to actively keep that strong? Well, I think it's challenging. No doubt. It's challenging, right? Like, you know, you have a lot of going on. Yeah. Well, every, at the end of the day, everyone's got a lot going on, right? Like, you know, um, so I don't want to compare my personal business life to anyone else's because, uh, theirs may be super busy and, and it's busy for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So I just think, um, making, making those, making time at the end of the day, that's what you have to do. Right. Uh, we make time to build our businesses to, uh, you know, pursue our, our hobbies or other side hustles, whatever, like make time for family. It's that, it is that simple. And so I just, you know, I just make time, you know, call people, text people. Um, I have a brother that's in, Cairo school down in Davenport. Well, that's kind of challenging, right? Like try getting to Davenport from Grand Forks, <laughs> North Dakota. Like you're not, it's not going to happen. It's, it's brutal yeah. or you're going to pay a lot. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. Or it's a not fun car drive, but so that's where I think you just have to be intentional about building, building and keeping those relationships. And, um, I, I don't have a father. He passed away, unfortunately. But so it's like, okay, I have one parent. Like I'm oh, going to yeah. do everything, everything to keep that tie with her as strong as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, cause that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. So the intention, I, I like the intention because I, 
a lot of you get a lot of connections and i'm sure yeah. with the politics there's lots of different contacts and yeah. and you know i i think i do a not the best job with keeping in front of everyone how how do you find yourself being intentional like are you sending these messages are you are you timing in your head like hey i'm gonna hit five people today or are is there a, a time every day a, yeah. I, I hear a lot of different stories on this yeah. and it's like i haven't found one that stuck with me no that's uh to be honest, I don't think I have it figured out. I, I don't, right? I, well, I don't have a lot of things figured out. I'll lay that out for sure. Um, so, uh, like, I was listening to something the other day, and they're like, wake up and, and send a text to three people or call, be intentional about it. And I go, I go, okay, well, could I, could I start doing that? I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, okay, Mark's a good buddy of mine. I'm going to be like, what am I like? Like, what am I going to say? Yeah, right. Yeah, if I'm yeah. not like, I, I don't text just to text. Okay. Right. Like, how are you? So, like, whatever. So it's, like, yeah. How's the day going? Right. And it's like, okay, you know, or I could just like send a text that doesn't require response. Yeah. You know, so that was just interesting. And this person was doing three to five people day, which I was like, wow, that's intense. You know, you, I don't know. I'd, I'd be, texting strangers that are in my contact list that I haven't talked to in years. Right. So, um, I think I don't have the answer there, Yeah. but how I do it is I just make sure holidays I'll text a majority of my buddies or I'll, I'll see something on Facebook. I'll, I'll check in with them or my family. I'll, I'll check in with them. Uh, I have a, I put on a lot of, as I'm sure you do too, a lot of, uh, I have a lot of windshield time, especially okay. going to and from Bismarck yeah, yeah, or bet. to and from the, the lake, which is three hours from here. So that's oftentimes where I will spend my time because it kills me to sit on the phone in front of a computer because I, I'm usually doing a task, okay. right? Yep. And I, I can multitask, but I know that I'm not going to be doing the task at a hundred percent, you know, if, because I'm focusing on this conversation and I, and I should be dialed into that conversation yep. as well. Right for it to be meaningful, uh, interactions. And so I will oftentimes spend my time on the phone while I'm driving. Okay. And that's where I can truly, you know, zone out on the road and, and, and zone in on that conversation. Yeah. So that's how I do it. Um, but it's just being, I will LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is like my social media. Oh, like got that it. is, that is where I spend my time. Uh, and I joke for a long time, I would spend more time on LinkedIn than Facebook all the time, right? Or Instagram. And so if I see something like someone gets a new job, like I'll, I'll check in with them and be like, Hey, congrats on the new job. You sure. know, even if it's just like a, an acquaintance from college that I enjoyed, you know, in a group project or whatever, or a, uh, long lost, you know, fraternity brother or whatever, that's what I do. Okay. Uh, but I, I will be honest in that I need to, I need to hone in what that strategy looks like because it needs to get better. Okay. Yeah. I, so I read the, I've read a book and, and, uh, the hard way by Bradley. So I don't know okay. if you follow him no. on Instagram. No. Um, he's a very real talker, okay. but he said, you know, uh, in his book, he said, there's, you know, I make five points of contact. So kind of like you mentioned, um, he does like two customers, uh, two friends and then a family member every day. And he's like, it's just sparking. It is random conversation. Um, maybe the customers I'm, I think he tries to spark up old one, you know, whatever, yeah. and just try to continue the conversation. So he's he's including family and business, like yeah, well, together, he, yeah, family, yeah. He's got friends, two of them, and then and then I think he's got uh, the family members, just one. You know, I yeah. suppose you can get through your family a little quicker, but then customers too, and he's yeah. hitting up 
conversation. But, you know, to me, it almost seems overwhelming though. Like you're holding five conversations together yeah. and then, and then trying to be deliberate, like every day doing that, like how is it sustainable? Like, can you sustain- yeah, right. That's where I, I, I even one a day might be yeah, a place to yeah. start, right? Like you don't want to start for the moon, but right. I tried to do the five thing. Yeah. It is challenging. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to keep up. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, and especially if that conversation keeps going in the text, you know, like they keep and you're like, oh, this isn't what I want. This is, wasn't my intention. <laughs> open the door great, too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So it's interesting that you haven't found anything either. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, well, I think it, it shows that it's that challenging, right? Yeah. Well, how many deals you're working as an entrepreneur? You, it's not like you have one deal on the table <laughs> and you're just like focused on like, this is my deal right. today. And it's, then, yep. <laughs> I think uh, I need to, well, it's different. Because, I think it's different for the people that have that 40 hour a week job. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's so, it's rinse and repeat for them yeah. every single day, rinse and repeat. And so I think if you're someone like that, you can do that. But when you're, if you're a true entrepreneur, you're always thinking about that next deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and so I, I don't think it's, that easy. Yeah. Some of the, some of the best guys that I know, like, uh, Bradley's a very big entrepreneur, but all, all these guys, they like compress the window, like from 10 to two is like when they work, like, like physically, like emailing and all that. Yeah. And then they leave all the morning for the family and then all the afternoon to either do whether it's social media or catch up with people. And, yeah. and that's, you know, cause entrepreneurs, you could just work all, you, you just never stop. 100%. So you don't have yep. to. It's yep. like hospitality. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> just do it all day long. Can <laughs> answer problems because yeah. yeah. someone needs it's, more goose down feather pillows. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, maybe you'll get that hint soon. It's but I be, mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my nightmares. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they're coming. They're yeah, coming. Yeah, I know. Um, um, and you, you mentioned uh, talking about, and another big one to me, I guess, moving on a little bit is uh, building personal board of directors. And I yeah. think you were meant you know, those are mentors, whether they're yeah. family or someone you reach up to, how, you know, how have you kind of built that? Cause I think that's a yeah. huge thing as an entrepreneur. I think that's the, one of the biggest thing, okay. if not the biggest, I am, I am big on mentors and that's kind of why I, well, I've, I've probably been a dead horse, but like I talked about mentoring, like college kids, because I got mentored in high school and college and whatnot. And I'm like, I got to, you know, it's my time to help pay it forward, even though I'm not, uh, you know, certainly, uh, not a superstar in anything, but like, I think I have a little bit of knowledge on certain things that I can help someone get to that next step. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I feel, or I feel I need to do that because people have helped me. So I think, um, and I forget where I heard that. I think it, I don't think it was a national, um, like entrepreneur, like, uh, spokes, you know, whatever. I think it was just someone locally. I was at something. They're like, build your board of directors. I was like, yeah, we hear this board of directors for all these companies. Right. And I'm yeah. like, build your personal one, you know? And, and I, that stuck with me. I was like, yeah, you know, like instead of just calling them mentors, like this is my, you know, my, a board of directors is typically comprised of people for certain reasons. Right. Yeah. You have Mark on this board of directors because he knows construction inside and out. You have Landon because he's kind of knows hotels, right? You know, or whatever. Yeah. Right? And you have your, your mom or your dad because they'll ground you a little bit or yeah. they'll, they'll reel you in. And so I think you put all these people together and it's the perfect storm, you know, in a, in a, hopefully a positive, positive manner. Right. And, um, for what you're trying to do. 
And so ever since the beginning, I think I built mine, like music entertainment was a big thing for me. So I found my mentors in the music world, you know, and, um, and I think you have to seek out those mentors. They're not going to come to you. Right. You know, and, and for example, Phil Giese, I don't know how many letter recommendations he's written for me. <laughs> I'm sure he's like, oh, another one for Landon. And like, I didn't ask him. I'm like, well, Phil, you're my mentor. You're going you're gonna to keep writing, you know, yep. I'm going to keep asking you or whatever, you know. So I think uh, I don't ask them to be my mentor. I think I've heard some podcasts are like, well, ask them. And I'm like, they're going to tell you, if, you're going to, you're going to get the hint if they don't want to be your mentor. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I just, I truly think that's been one of the, um, pivotal things that I've done. I've been able to create and, and, uh, I've been grateful for these mentors that have given me their time, uh, and talent. Uh, and so I, I need to continue to build mine. So like, as I move into new industries, hotel being one, like I don't have a, uh, I don't have a hotel mentor yet, you know, like, of course, yep. yeah, we have consultants and stuff like that, but I truly want like a, a good friend that I can, I can call up and be like, okay, what should we do with this problem? Like, you know, I, I don't have that yet. So as I move into <clears throat> different entities and, and whatever throughout my life, like, I think that's where I'm like, okay, I better add another person to that board of my personal board of directors. Yep. Um, and so I try and share that as just cause it clicked with me mm-hmm. and, uh, that's so I love it. So I try to share that. Well, I think, I think people think of mentors, young, you know, younger generation, they get attracted to real estate or something. And they're like, okay, I got to find a mentor for that. But I, yeah. I think what you, most of the misconception is that one mentor is like, does everything. Yeah. It's like, well, that mentor doesn't do health. Right. You need a new mentor <laughs> if a, you're going to get yeah. fit and physical and 100%, yeah. your, your, your faith one, that's, that's a different mentor, you know? Great yeah. Point. That could be your pastor. Um, but I, I like the board of directors because that does tell you that it's, it's yeah. plural. It's not one yeah. guy that's going to tell you at all. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and nor should you, I don't think anyone should take advice from one person, right? Yeah. Because like, you know, you don't know what the, you don't know sometimes and same with them. Like that's, uh, I think you need, that's why companies are successful. That's why, you know, businesses are successful because they have all these minds working together. Mm -hmm. But with this, you know, your board of directors being your mentors, like you're the one that has to bring everyone to the, you know, to the table. And when I say to the table, like, I just mean, you know, talking to everyone and getting different input. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, there's some homework for people listening. Go and find your board of directors or think about it, your family, your faith, your health, your wealth, whatever it is, build your board of directors. It's not the same person in all of them. Yeah. It's going to be different. Definitely. And it should be. Yeah. And would you have gotten anywhere without your mentors? Uh, You know, you would have gotten somewhere, but did they help you get? I am in the role that I'm in and I love my job. I have, I've, since I've started this job, like my work is not work. And I, I can say that a hundred percent, uh, because I love what I do. Are there some days that like are more challenging than others? Certainly. Right. But, uh, I would not have been in this job that I love if it weren't for one of my mentors. Mm. Right. Yeah. If I would not have made the, uh, the connection with him, uh, or her, um, I would not, you know, it's, and it took, it took work too, right? Yeah. Like, and it, when I was living in Nashville or OKC and I came back to Grand Forks, I would ask that person out for dinner or coffee, you know, just to catch up. So it took work, but I truly don't think, um, and I, I, I don't consider myself, um, 
I have a lot to learn and a tremendous amount to continue to do before I consider myself successful. Yeah. So I, uh, I just think to where I am today, you know, which is, you know, eight years, you know, yeah. Seven, eight years post college. Yeah. I, I don't think I would be where I am without my mentors today. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. No, I, my, me either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, maybe was, I was in the concrete industry and just maybe a little more egotistical cause I thought I was the best concrete guy, but <laughs> I didn't actually start making any money till I asked for help. So don't be that guy. Yeah. Just, uh, ask for help. People are willing to help. Mentors yeah. don't e- may not even cost yep. you anything. If they do, exactly. you're really reaching for the stars and you need yeah. them and, yeah. uh, it's worth their time and Absolutely. your time. So, yeah. um, what's one of your best investments and your worst investments? I got a few clock questions here for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh boy, worst investment. Um, well, I'm, it's <clears throat> going to be my first, uh, really my first big entrepreneur journey, which was that concession trailer when I was in high school. Uh, that was horrible. Everything went bad, you know? So that was by far my worst investment, lost my butt on it and, uh, learned a lot, but that was worse. Um, Best investment, um, I'd have to, so it's, I grew up on a lake, you know, every yeah. summer. So I think uh, I started a, a dock and lift company, which a lot of people, like when I was down South, I would explain, they're like, well, what's that? I'm like, well, our water's freeze up there. So we have to remove our docks and, and, you know, oh, yeah. move them in the fall, put them in, in the spring. And, and so I think I just got in at the right time where people were heavy into surfing and especially Lake Medigoshi is my home, home lake. Okay. And a, I mean, surf boats are a dime a dozen. Like there's so many there. Um, and I got in at the right time and I think that's truly been, um, one of my most worthwhile adventures. Um, however, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic on, I, I think a year from now I'll say boutique hotel. Oh, um, and, and I hope, and I hope a year from now I'll be, you know, we'll be in design for our Bismarck hotel, you know? Cool. So that's, um, yeah. I like that. That's where I'm at. I like that. There. Well, if those surfboats are dime a dozen, we do luxury storage. So if you, <laughs> if you think I have any like yeah, three yeah. to four acre yeah. sites down there that are, where, where we yes. can combine, yeah. you let me yeah. know. Absolutely. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Um, it's always on the spot. This was, yeah. And gosh, was this a question too? I think, didn't I write something down for this? Uh, I don't even remember what I wrote down. I ah, just, um, whatever comes to mind. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's, um, just the missing opportunities is okay. what I would say. Um, and I think that's why I take as many opportunities that come my way, even if they're wild, like moving to Oklahoma city or (laughs) going into politics, you know, um, or, you know, hotels or you name it or or the jewelry industry, one of my businesses, like that was, (laughs) anyway, that was, uh, it's a whole nother story. But like, I, I think, um, I think just missing out on opportunities and however that, that missing out on, I I think it's kind of twofold because that missing out on opportunities and not being where I want to be Mm -hmm. at a certain age, Mm. you know? Uh, And that's, uh, uh, that's health wise. That could be health wise. That could be, you know, for me, it's health wise. It's um, financial wise. It's, it's asset wise. Uh, I was just like, I'm like, I I can do better, you know? And then I'm not where, 
so that's that's my fear um and i think fear of not being able to provide for people mm. i don't have a family i'm not even married yet but when i do have a family like i'm gonna have to you know i, I don't want anything to be like a hardship yeah right? so that's a more, that's a good one, one man one i like fear, that but um I got one last question, then we'll figure out how to how to find you more. Where, yeah. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Yeah, no, I. Th- um, that's it. Um, I was briefed on this question. I'm not going to lie, so I have thought about it. But there's so many different ways a person could go with this. Okay. Um, however, I brought it back to my family. Is is what I did. Um, I think, so let's see, I, I think my father passed away and then I had a brother who went through cancer twice and it was on death's doorsteps, like several times, had a bone marrow transplant and now he's doing successfully well, the healthiest in my family probably. And in Cairo school, right at Palmer. And so I look at those three experiences and I was like, I think we're, we're put on earth to do we're amazing human being, the human being, the human body. I've seen it firsthand how amazing it is and how it can, how it can go through such tragedy, tragedy and then come out, uh, like, like unscathed. Right. And yeah. so I was like, okay, that's obviously God doing his work. And so I'm like, we're put on this earth to do extraordinary things, right? Yeah. Because we are, we are, humans are extraordinary. Right. So I think about that and I, going through those three like kind of uh medical whatever situations with my family i think it put my life like my outlook into overdrive i would say and overdrive in a in a way that like take every single opportunity yeah take every opportunity uh because at the end of the day like a lot of people don't take those opportunities and they sit and they think they talk about things and they just they just talk right they don't ever pursue anything and, um, and I look at like my dad, you know, I think like I owe it to the people that aren't here anymore to, to do extraordinary things, right? Yeah. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here just to sit on, you know, sit on our butts and just do the same old, same old every day. And, and I'm, you know, I'm thankful that I feel like I'm wired differently in that regard, uh, to where my mindset is in overdrive. And I think unfollowing the herd that's 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 that and i i owe it to the people that were almost to where they they couldn't possibly unfollow the herd even if they wanted to right (laughs) right you know and and so i uh that's why we're here and i would say just taking taking those opportunities and and really being extraordinary that's yeah that's the goal i like that man no that's good i uh i got a question for you too uh or well so this Olivan's going to open December first. Yeah. Um, you let Jen and I shoot a video of an experience video in there that we could put on YouTube. Yeah. We got a. Yeah. Okay. We're we're, we're going to do that. We're going to plan that. Yeah. I, absolutely. I, just, I was thinking about that, and it would be it'd be good content for us and a good experience for Grand Forks. Yeah. And it's basically the only experience like that in Grand Forks. And tr- truly, so um, we'll have to even do a hotel tour. I think it'll we give these tours and people walk in and they know that it's going to be boutique luxury. And then they walk in, they see the gorgeous tile. They're like, 
they see the floor to ceiling windows and they're like, this is, this is 10 times better than what I thought. Yeah. So, um, I, I truly, obviously I'm biased. There's bias here. Right. But I truly think there's not going to be another experience like the all van hotel until we open up the Theodore, which will be in Bismarck until we open up that hotel that'll rival it obviously. But I don't think there's going to be another experience from the that's like the Olivan Hotel from the moment you step out of your vehicle, have it valeted to the moment you leave. I truly think it'll be spectacular and 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 hold me to it. That's where again, you know, going back yeah. to finding that right talent and yeah. the people that uh, have that personality, right? It's going to be so challenging for us, but I think we'll we'll get there. So, I'd love that. Yeah, a we late can, a late November maybe video yeah, plan we'll plan for that no that'd be fun we'll uh we'll, we'll come over and burn so how do we how do we find out more about landon yeah i'd, I'd like absolutely. to know and, and where, where are you all at you spend time on linkedin i like that yeah yeah the linkedin is kind of uh you know it's interesting uh linkedin's where i'm where i'm where i'm at primarily like i am on facebook and instagram but i'm not i'm not super active on there you know okay. i'll post a story here and there uh but yeah uh, you can just find me on LinkedIn. Well, you're going to be on there a lot when you're doing the hospitality game. Yeah, exactly. Or, well, you'll have a team of people that are yeah, on there a lot, yeah, I should definitely. say. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, man, I'm excited. I appreciate yeah. having you on. Thanks and, for having uh, me. We're going to be on it's a video soon. Uh, so yeah. I'm looking forward to November now. Yes, Olivan Hotel. Let's do it. All right. All right. Thanks, Landon. Thank you.